Hi, this is Brennan Davis from Bedrock Games and the Bedrock Blog, and I'm here with Adam and Joel for another episode of Horror Express. And today we're going to be talking about Suspiria, the 1977 Dario Argento movie. Uh, this is a classic horror film. It's kind of known for its stylistic uh, depiction of low-level supernatural and high-level violence. Um, uh, you know, it's 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 a fairly simple story. It, uh, I don't want to give all the details away because there's a there's a secret at this ballerina academy, and I don't want to say what the secret is until deeper into the discussion. But it's a it's a very interesting and frightening movie, I think. Um, and I, I is this this is one that is not available on Prime. So if you want to see it, you can watch it on Tubi. I will uh, let people know because I watched it in preparation for this on Tubi, and it does not look like the Blu-ray or you know just other better online streaming services. So if you do watch it there, be prepared for a little bit of uh, lower resolution than you might want. You might want to watch it on a smaller window than the full screen. Uh, but if you can get it on Blu-ray, it's a beautiful movie. So it's definitely worth checking out. Um, and why don't I kick it over to you guys and see what you guys thought about this film? Adam, I'm sure you've seen this movie more than I have. I, I saw it twice, once when I was way too young to see it, and then recently. Um, but I'm interested in what you have to say about it. I'm actually pretty curious. All right. I, yeah, I I haven't watched this movie in 20 years myself. Okay. And, I, uh, I, and I've only ever seen it on videotape. So it's like, okay. this, is my, this is really my first time really seeing it. I mean, okay. I appreciated it. it was a beautiful movie within what I could see. But man, yeah, I picked up, you, you were talking about the quality. I picked up the Blu-ray from Synapse, which is a 4K restoration. Fantastic. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I I was just blown away seeing this movie. And uh, it's, I mean... Just leaving plot aside or anything, it's it's just a visual masterpiece. It's in a, it's in Technicolor. It's uh, just stunning. It's very dreamlike in a way. It doesn't. It's like not. It's not. It doesn't quite feel like the real world. It's very impressionistic. The sets are. Uh, it. I don't know. It, this is just a hard movie to talk about, just because it is. It just operates on this very emotional visual level. But uh, I'm going to kick it back to Brendan while I try and, and, okay. and, and get get, yeah. get a coherent thought on this. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I like the uh, I like Italian horror movies in terms of like the look and everything like that. Dario Argento, you know, the, especially films like this. And uh, my, you know, my favorite is uh, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage. You know, I, I think just, you know, he just has this style that, uh, like Adam was saying, in this case, is particularly dreamy. But he's also one of these directors. One of my favorite uh, kinds of movies to watch are ones where the visuals and the sound really blend together perfectly. Yes, and this is that type. Like, and, and Dario Argento is that way. He he always has a soundtrack that, you know, or 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 some clip of music that just really works in the movie and helps drive everything. And that Goblin. Uh, theme song that they keep playing is just so perfect, and that's. I, I think I think that for for me, what makes Suspiria so fun to watch, uh, once you know the whole story and everything, is the 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 beauty of the scenes and the the way that that music just kind of like it almost like glides you into the next portion of the film. Like the, I think uh, a good example of that is like in the opening when she comes in the she 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 goes to Bavaria and she gets in the airport. 
and the moment she walks through those sliding doors, yeah. number one, mm-hmm. he makes sliding doors scary. Like the, <laughs> he the fact that he, he makes a sliding door and a scarf whipping up scary. That's like H.P. Lovecraft level atmospherics. I, I feel like he's just showing off at that point. He's going, look, yeah. I made you scared of the sliding door. Guess what? But, just, but, only but here's the thing. Here. He does, but he also <laughs> makes it beautiful. And I think that's, yeah. what, like, that's what drives it up to this higher level. But then that's also when the Goblin soundtrack kicks in. And I, if I remember, maybe it's a moment later. No, no, it, it, it's, it's that's like it. Yeah, okay. and then she emerges into that driving yeah. rain and it's dark. And it, 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 I it's strongly just recommend... Yeah, and I strongly recommend if you like watch this, you either have if you don't have surround sound headphones, this is like a yeah. headphone movie. It's like just having that sound all around you just makes a but, huge difference with this movie. But the colors, the the the, the way the shots are framed, the violent, the way the violence is depicted. Like I mean, I mean again, mm. you know, a lot of people might object to, and again, by maybe by present day standards, this movie isn't particularly violent. I'm not sure what the uh, it's pretty shocking. Like, it's I was watching it here, yeah. here oh, it was a week ago, not even a week ago at this point. And like, I, I actually had a few moments in this movie where I, I had trouble looking at the screen. That really happens to me. Yeah. Uh, just because when they hit you with the violence, it's early and it's really, really, really intense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's something about the atmosphere of this movie and just the, the boldness and the extremity it's, of the violence that really hits. It uses it's violence. True. There's only a there's only a few incidents of violence in the movie too. So you don't get jaded. You don't reach yeah. a point where it's like, because there's only a few cases of very intense violence when it hits, it really hits. I, oh, I yeah. think number one, it really raises the stakes because so just to get to the beginning of the movie where she goes to the school and then this woman just frantically leaves <laughs> the Academy and, and mutters some things, which, which turn out to be clues later in the movie, but we don't hear it at first. We don't really know what she said. We just know she looks crazed and she leaves. And then this lady goes and gets murdered in a really horrible way. But you know that this is basically what's awaiting the protagonist because she it, it's like there's something similar. I mean, they're, they're, they're different as can be in terms of they have different color hair and all this other stuff. But they seem to be occupying the same space in the school if that makes sense. And so yeah, you, you do get that impression and the movie never explicitly tells you that it's just something you kind of read into the structure of how the characters operate and like the, yeah. the way they put it all together. It's, it's really br- a brilliant piece of filmmaking in that regard. And it also uses violence. I think in a way similar to how a movie like lady Snowblood does, which is it makes, it realizes that blood is part of the palette, right? It's, it's part of the overall color scheme red is clearly uh a thematic color in the movie like there's a lot of red and and so it it even though it's incredibly violent there's something very artistic about like the scene where the woman is stabbed she, i mean they literally show the woman getting stabbed in the heart like that like like not not like you see a person getting stabbed in the heart which you see the blade go into the heart it's it's a very yeah. graphic scene An and then she falls shot. through a stained glass window gets gets strangled by dangling wires or something then her body collapses in the next shot to the ground and there's like something impaling her and jagged it, it's very graphic but it's also incredibly artistic and so it's yeah, it's, it's weirdly uh, beautiful. It's like you don't often say that, but it's it, it's oh, it's amazing. It, 
Yeah, it's the way it's done. It's just done, in a, and so it's 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 it almost makes you feel bad appreciating the beauty of it, right? Because it's so. Uh-huh. I think that yeah. I don't know if that's his intent or not, but uh, you know, a lot of Argento movies do do that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he likes that juxtaposition of emotion. Um, it's sort of a high fashion element to that because high fashion does that a lot too, or it'll like depict something like really awful or gory, but like it's shot really beautifully and the color palette is ingeniously engineered and it's all crisp and there's all these beautiful people in it. Um, it reminds me of that movie Neon Demon. You guys ever see that one? I haven't seen I, that one, no. You'd probably appreciate oh. it if you liked this one. Yeah, it's, it's got the, the exact same kind of energy where it has these like, be- and like the, the, a lot of people in this movie are like really, really beautiful. Um, and and they, if they're not they beautiful, they're, they're like, there's something compelling about them. Yeah, right? like, mm-hmm. they're, they're visually really captivating, this yeah. cast is. Um, all of them. Uh, I, I don't think there's a boring face among them. And nope. um, th- so there is something that captures you visually about this, the look of the characters, you know? And it's the same way with Neon Demon, where, like, like it's it's about fashion models. So, like, obviously they get really beautiful people and they get captivating people. And then... They, it's well, I mean, I'm not going to spoil Neon Demon for you, but I, I will at least say that the movie begins with one of those like high gore, high, super high fashion kind of shoots. And it's not like it's just it's all makeup, but like it's it's startling, like how beautiful and grotesque it is and how like there's a, a weird harmony between those extremes. That's really sort of like you say, it's uncomfortable because you want to appreciate the beauty of it. But at the same time, you're repulsed by the well, subject. It's like tragic opera or something, right? It's like this idea mm-hmm. of the stuff that is like actually really moving is violence, tragedy. Like, you yeah. know, it's it's never, you know, people having a good time or you know, you, you, no, you want to you you want to see something that's like that sort of pulls you out from your normal experience and is also emotionally compelling. And so I feel like that's why something like this works again with the music, with the violence. And just the, I don't know, there's there's also like a Dracula quality to the to the way this movie is set up, I feel. Yeah. Um, it's definitely opera, really operatic is definitely a good word to describe yeah. this movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like operatic, like the way the violence in Excalibur is operatic, right? There's yeah. something, there's yeah. something like, something about Wagner, you know, being pumped <laughs> into the room while Mordred and Arthur impaling each other. You know, it's just this. It's, it's it's grotesque, but it's also there's like a beauty to it, and there's something moving about it, and you know it's 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 one of those things where sometimes I think our instinctual responses to this stuff is off the mark because of that, because people like now people know this is a classic, but you know it wasn't always the case, and you know mm-hmm. it, so you know it's easy to sort of file this a movie like this away with stuff like Friday the Thirteenth or something. You know what I mean? And not saying that is a disparagement to Friday the 13th, but you know what I mean when it's sort of this, uh, you know, uh, it, it could be mistaken for just like a cruel depiction Slasher of violence. Film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, it's, not ex- it's not exploitative. It's artistic. And there, there's an important distinction between those two categories, you know. Um, it, it's use, It's like you said, blood is a part of the palette. You know, it's using yeah. the, the extremity of the violence to try to get at a certain artistic thing. And, like, you can, 
like schlock is just a little bit different. Exploitation is is a different thing. And like I've seen, we've probably all seen like Django Unchained and things like you know Tarantino movies where he takes exploitation and elevates it to art. But you mm-hmm. must understand, it didn't begin there. It was exploitation at first. You know, it was it was pretty gruesome for the sake of gruesomeness. You know, well, I do uh, think it depends on the exploitation movie. I will say so some, some of them some, are brilliant. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, well, the fact it's hard, you know, as you mentioned, Joel, you, you look away from the you, you want to look away from the screen at times. I, I definitely yeah. had moments in that. And that when you've reached that, you aren't just doing exploitive. Hey, check out this cool gore. It's like I was generally like, I don't want to see this happening to this person <laughs> feeling, well, which is which you don't get. Good job really of foreshadowing Friday the 13th movie. Yeah, you want to see the kills on Friday the 13th here. They do this thing where. They're foreshadowing the agony and the mm-hmm. horror of what's about to happen. And it builds this incredible tension. And it, yeah. at least in, I want to say there, like, I think there's only like three or four kills in this movie. Um, and again, I don't want to spoil any, but the but the one where the, the girl's alone and she meets her untimely demise via trap. Um, that's the yeah. one where, even though I knew something horrible was going to happen... I didn't expect it to be that horrible. That yeah. actually got me. I'm yeah, like, they misdirected oh, you. No. You thought she was going to get stabbed, and she ends up getting like yep. killed by razor wire or something. That's oh, so man. horrible. Yeah, so oh, horrible. God. And also, it's 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 even more horrible because she's like the nicest person in the whole movie to the protagonist. I know. So, I know. Well, it's it's just that the situation she's in too. It's like, what do you do in that situation? It's yeah. just like so hopeless. It's like the more you try to escape, the worse it gets. And it's, yeah. Ah. Yep. Oh, oh. Yeah, yeah it almost gets you to say, just give up, just give up and let it be over quick, right? Like that's yeah, yeah like, like, you know, like even screaming for help. It's like the people that are going to come are not going to help you. It's just it's it's just yeah. such a hopeless situation. It's hopeless oh. and agonizing. And it was like like it felt like I felt physically uncomfortable watching yes. it. Like that's how horrible it was. It was like we reviewed a is... lot of horror movies and I can't think of anything worse we've watched than that scene. I can't the scene think with of the anything. maggots. The maggot scene was pretty well you <laughs> I think here's... Oh yeah the maggot scene. The, the that that I almost think... like that yeah. was shocking and interesting. I, I liked that scene. And especially because it almost like it's one of those pieces of the film that like like my my forebrain wants to call that like a puzzle piece, like you know, like oh, this is gonna help me figure this out. But like at the end of the movie, I still don't exactly know. Like the rest of the movie's all together, and I have this extra piece, and I'm like, well, I'm not actually certain where it goes. It could go in several places. Uh, but I like that. Oh, visually. in terms of they, why the maggots were there, that kind of a thing. Yeah, like they give you a really complete and compelling like explanation that also really feels like an excuse. You know? Yeah. Well, I feel yeah. like, uh, yeah, I feel like it is just the corruption of the place. Like, you know, there, there's food up there and it rotted, but I feel like it's just, it's just this place is so corrupt. I kind of feel as I mean, it could have been a dead body. There could have been a body in there, but you don't necessarily need to even know. Like, the important thing about that scene, I think that's the reason that scene works and why the, so much of the, the, the scares in the movie work is because it's it's actually horror and horror is a distinct thing from fear or terror right yeah, and so it's, yeah. and so they do a good job of you don't know what's happening the first several times maggots pop down on somebody's head you don't even <laughs> have, you just know something's off because you see little flickers across the screen and then 
at a certain point you see like your first maggot and it's like, oh, okay, I guess she's got a maggot in her hair for some reason. And then you see that there's more and then you're like, oh my God, there's something wrong with her hair. Like what's going on? And then you realize, oh no, they're falling from the ceiling. And you say, oh my God, the whole school. It's just this incremental <laughs> increase in the horror. It's that, beautiful yeah. how they yeah. stage it. It really is. Yeah. Because like I, I thought it was a prank at first. Like someone had put maggots in her hairbrush. I'm like, okay, so they're gonna be mean to her. And it's no, the whole ceiling is alive with maggots, and they're dropping into everyone's yeah. hair. And it's just, oh, <laughs> so yeah, gross. And I think all of the horror is like that in this movie. Like everything from the the first woman who dies, she's almost like a side character at first. You know, something's really off about her. And there's that ominous shot of her running through the woods. And then yeah. she, gets, she gets to her friend's house or wherever that is, and you think, oh, she's safe. She's fine. <laughs> you know, and, it is, and you know. opening of this movie is interesting, too, just because you mentioned the woods thing, because it's like it starts a little voiceover, and it's so mundane. It's like her airplane left at 745, and she arrived in Germany at, you know, 87. It's just like all these mundane facts. And you kind of get to that door. You know, when she goes through the sliding door, it's like then into the car and then through the woods. And it is you just leave reality at that point. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's like you're going to some strange place. You leave reality, but it is anchored in the mundane and a, a sliding door it's is anchored, in the mundane yeah. thing. And even her asking about the weather becomes this scary thing where she says, hey, is it going to rain this hard? And the guy just looks at her, doesn't say mm. anything. He just kind of glares at her like she's violated some taboo when she asks yeah. this question. And then he very slowly is, you know, you know, I I, I forget what he even says in response, but he doesn't give an answer for like, it feels like (laughs) minutes, you know? Yeah, Um, they draw that moment out. Like the awkwardness is something, again, the the filmmakers are brilliant because whatever the characters are experiencing, they make you experience too. And none of it's pleasant. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's just it's just that the beginning of the conversation where she's giving the address, you know, and she keeps repeating it and then she has to show him and he like, you know, it's sort of German. She didn't have the German pronunciation, right? He's like, yeah, but it, it just, it just, it just, you know, it's, it's just setting up the fact she's in an unfamiliar, unknown place. It's, it's setting up yeah. the alienation she's going through even before you get to anything supernatural in any way. And then you get there, yeah. and there, and everybody there has this weird fixation with money, right? Like it's, it's not really explained, <laughs> that, but yeah. you know it's important, and it and it helps alienate her further from the yeah. world. And then, and then you have like you know weird character. What's his name? Pavlos, the um, the guy with the uh, with the new with the new teeth, and oh. and like the two head mistresses, and you know they they couldn't be more different than each other, but they're both very creepy in their own way. You know, one has more of a nurse ratchet type personality and the other one is almost more of a, uh, uh, I don't know how you would put it, but more of like an elegant, charming person. And that's sort of her ability to disarm is what makes her uh, scary. But again, I, I, I keep thinking of Dracula when I watch this movie, just because it's sort of this slow realization of entrapment that she's in or in terms of like the dangers that are surrounding her at this academy. Yeah, Dragon is um, like the perfect one to compare it to as well. Like, and like, of course, we we did a, that wonderful, almost lost review of Bram Stoker's Dracula, but like, which we need to revisit at some point so we can get good audio of that. Yeah, but like, yeah, that that's really oh, good that's for great. kind of, det- like, 
what what a wonderful comparison, you know, because you're right. Like everything kind of seems on the up and up, but just a little bit off at first, and then gradually realize that you are adrift in this ocean of horrors that you have no concept of how you got there and no ability to escape. I love it. Yeah, when you first mentioned Dracula earlier in the podcast, I wasn't sure where you were going, but no, I, you're totally right. It didn't didn't click for me, but now, yeah, it is like that journey that uh, Harkers yeah. take. Yeah, it's, it's the Harker Harker. sequence. It's the Harker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't jump to Harker, but yeah. yeah, that that makes total sense. And and the witch kind of occupies a similar, like she's this figure similar to Dracula, uh -huh. you know, the, uh -huh. it's just this evil that sort of moves around and like you know, is, uh, you know, establishes herself and has this, you know, she now has this school, of, you know, with this coven around. It, I don't know, it just feels very because because number one, it's set in a foreign place, right? It's set in Bavaria, which I. I forget yeah, what, is the main so character Dracula, from America? Is that, yeah, she's yeah, she's American, right? yeah, she's from uh, New York, I think. Same but then, he, but the, witch, the witch is also from outside of Bavaria, right? Wasn't she? So you know, I forgot she was, but I've forgotten I, where she came from. And so mm -hmm. it's uh, you know, it's just I don't know, it's uh, um, it just kind of has Dracula elements to it. I think um, the the other thing is I like how the solution to the movie, the the, the the flower that you that you have to the iris that you have to move they explain like that secret is given to you while she's talking to the lady right in front of the paint like right in front of the flower painting itself and so it's, it's I, like it's, yeah I, I loved i just love the part where she's in front of that painting too i mean having seen this for the first time with quality picture it was just mm. just that sequence with her standing in front of all that painting of all the doors trying to figure out where the door is yeah. it, it's just there's something magical about but I, that but i so mean the scene when she's talking to the headmistress and she's saying oh she told me two things she said secret and she oh. said like iris or blue iris or something like that and they're talking in the room right in front of the fly and, and it's, it's kind of like carlito's way where he shows you everything. He shows you everything. Yeah. Then you're still yeah. surprised when, you know, it's that kind of a thing where it's like, oh, I should have picked up on, she said Iris and there's an Iris right behind her. It's pretty obvious, um, <laughs> you know, but I, but I mean, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of people say they noticed, but I don't think anybody. I totally didn't. Yeah. No, was, I, I didn't well, notice. No, no, you got to be fair. That. This movie is a, an absolute feast for your senses. Like you, you are over simulated seconds into this yeah. movie. <laughs> Yeah. So subtle details like there being an iris in the background when she mentions an iris. I mean, like at that point in the movie, you're so early, you're as disoriented and overwhelmed yeah. as she is, which is great <laughs> filmmaking. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You know what I like too? I like the uh, the sequence with the blind man with the dog. I thought that was one of the more terrifying moments. That was good. That, that was a look away moment for me. Yeah. Whenever he's uh, in the in that big courtyard and you just yeah. What is it that is it like flapping wings or an eagle or something that you're hearing and you're just like i don't know my hackles were really far up and i'm like that dog is gonna murder him and it's horrible and i was just like oh i don't know if i can watch this yeah just that yeah. huge sense of space too he's just in that vast you know yeah. public square or whatever yeah it and is. like it, you get and it's completely dark to him there's, there's a room yes. in silent hill too which is exactly that you're underground in this prison complex, and you open the door, and it's all been cramped corridors and prison cells up till now. And this is just this uh, expansive, giant, dark, <laughs> unlit room. And you're like, oh, okay. Oh. And so you start walking, and this at one point you've lost all the walls. And uh -huh. you hear a horse galloping. 
<laughs> and it's just like, oh god, that was. Oh, go ahead. That that sense of enormity is is you're vulnerable from every angle. It's so frightening. Yeah. What's cool about it too is it's it's this. It's a much bigger space than all of the other areas in the movie, right? Like you're saying, yeah. but it's shot in a way where you're kind of getting the blind character's perspective where you, you, you know that the sounds are coming almost from where you're looking from. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you never really get to see that section. You know what I mean? You just get to see the building and the guy, the building and the yep. guy, the dog, the guy, the building. You never get any other details. To, yeah, to really, you know what it, I mean? You, you do. Again, if a character feels it, you feel it in this movie. Yeah. And you feel like yeah. you're in this large area of unknowns and mystery where you know a threat is coming towards you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and the guy so does good. a good job of being freaked out, too. Like, he's just yeah. like, really like losing it. And, and it kind of yeah. comes on the heel of him having this emotional interaction with the other headmistress who accuses his dog of biting... Like the nephew, I think. Yeah, and, he, and he's like, "What the hell are you talking about? I gotta, I thought he was in fight." Um, and like they, I, I really liked that scene where he like stands up for the honor of his dog and walks yeah. out because he's insulted. Yeah. I'm like, that's such yeah. a true scene. I could imagine that unfolding in real actual life, and it gave me such sympathy for him later on when he was like targeted to be destroyed yeah. by this evil coven. It's like, oh, you assholes! Yeah. Now I hate you. No, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's exactly. A good they, point. they make you really, they really like this guy right before the scene where they they kill him. So it, it, yeah. the pacing in this movie is pretty remarkable. Honestly, they do a lot of that efficiency like that, where there's just like, here's the setup, here's the payoff. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's not that complicated of a movie when you finally mm -hmm. get your bearings, and it it takes you about half or so of the movie to kind of kind of be like okay something squiffy's going on at the school they're they're drugging the the lady there's they're trying to keep some kind of secret they've got some kind of secret meeting they're going to and you can you can hear their footsteps okay i'm getting it i'm getting it and so you kind of get oriented as the movie goes on yeah um but it's it's once you get to that point of orientation it's really pretty straightforward what it does though which i really like is that with that really kind of bare bones plot you have all these little sub things going on, all the little mystery between her and her friend, which ends tragically in razor wires. We figured out yeah. uh, the the little intro uh, where the lady tries to flee the school and is killed by some mysterious set of like Ganon hands from the wall. It reminded me of the Legend of Zelda. I, I I've been playing a lot of the new Legend of Zelda games, so that's why. Um, you know, there's, there's these little like vignettes, like the blind guy that doesn't like it's not central to the the central characters of the central plot but it's important to the fabric of the movie yeah. you know and it almost feels like a bunch of like like little short stories you know it, yeah. it's it's a unique and fascinating texture for a movie and i don't i don't see a lot of movies that are bold enough with their i, I, I to do that you know a lot of them do, I, I think that we we have this concept of screenwriting where we have to be really focused on this central story we're telling. Yeah. And this movie defies that convention into great effect. So it's really entertaining yeah. just for that. Yeah, that's it's, it's almost, and again, we were talking about this before the podcast, and Adam and I have not seen the new one, and we don't have any negative opinions of the new one, but we have had very strong negative reactions to the way people talk about the new one yeah. in relation to the old one, specifically relating to story, where people have sort of taken up this description of Suspiria where... The, the story is disappointing or uh, not a good story. Or, and I just, 
kind of like you were saying, kind of like how Adam mentioned that this is very dreamlike. It's not meant to be experienced in that way. It's meant it's meant to be it's a movie that you're meant to feel and mm-hmm. that you're meant to be immersed in. And it still does have a story. It's just not yeah. it's a, I don't know. I, I I mentioned this before we were recording, but there aren't story isn't like the prime thing when you go to a horror movie. Like when you go to a horror movie, yeah, that's you know, yeah. you, you, you don't you know, you're not there to get like a satisfying story that's tied up in a bow. Some movies will do that. But, you know, even a movie like, say, Nosferatu, the story's not really what's significant to Nosferatu. What's significant is the is how scary that movie and how it yeah, pulls you in. Scary. Yeah, and I would say that of most successful horror movies, you know, it's not necessarily that they have this super convoluted story or complex story. or and, and also, I feel like when people talk about good story now and they're talking about movies like this or whatever, I don't think that I have the same sensibilities of what makes for a good story as a lot of the commentary I've seen around Suspiria. And again, I'm not... I, I'm actually quite excited to see the new Suspiria movie. I don't have anything against it. I just, the conversation surrounding it and story, I feel like uh, just, you know, uh, you know, just in connection to what you were saying about story here, uh, not all movies have to be like a story. Some movies have no, to be really, more like... They, here's something important. They shouldn't, right? I, I understand the, I understand the, the critique from that angle of, here is how movies are structured. Here is what good characterization yeah. looks like. But like, no, I agree with you. Not every movie should be like that. Movies do a lot of things. Like yeah. you can't look at a movie like, um, what, what was I, I? I'm trying to think of a, any of the Jodorowsky movies that I've seen. Like, uh, what was it Mystic Mountain or Magic Mountain or whatever that was? You can't look at a movie like that and be like, oh, this has got to be a three act structure. That's not what we're yeah. doing here, guys. You, you need sometimes movies do other things. Yeah, and if they That's are doing good. that, they should do it well. But they're not all doing that, and they're not all. It's 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 a medium. That's, it's a visual and sound medium. It's not uh, right. literary. And so that's like judging every single painting by the same standard. Like, look, there's different. Some paintings are not doing what other paintings are doing. You can't compare uh, a, a Jackson Pollock to like. I'm struggling for another one. Uh, give me a realistic one here. Um, Leonardo uh, da Vinci? Is that that's that's who I had in mind, but that seemed kind of cliche. Um, My wife so, is on a Leonardo da Vinci. Norman, Norman Rockwell. Norman Rockwell. There we go. There's a guy okay. that, that did brilliant <laughs> stuff. Okay, so Norman Rockwell does what he does brilliantly. He captures like he captures yeah. people in, in an honest and still strangely flattering way. And Jackson Pollock puts dots and lines on a page. And they're both art. And they both are brilliant in their own regard, but <laughs> you can't judge them but, by the same standard. It's just not possible. The The other thing that has come up, and again, I want to be clear, I'm not attacking the new Suspiria. I'm very excited to see it. But the other thing that's come up in conversations around it is this idea that the new Suspiria finally explains everything. And we were having a conversation about how <laughs> oh, not man, only I is everything perfectly explained, Hundred percent twice needs to be explained twice. Yeah, but you don't need everything to be explained in a horror movie. Sometimes you no. want lingering questions. You want a certain degree of ambiguity. Mythology, like building a mythos, doesn't necessarily make for a better horror movie. It yeah, just because you can you know, write it succinctly yeah. in a wiki entry doesn't make it better, dipshits. Yeah. Now the other <laughs> thing that people also don't maybe don't realize is that the the mythology in Suspiria 
Argento has expanded that in subsequent movies. Mm-hmm. So, so in like I think Inferno is the name of the second film. There's another movie that came up much more recently as well. I, I Which we're think, not going to mention because it's pretty bad. Well, well, not only that, but even Inferno is. I'll, I'll maybe we can watch Inferno and have a discussion about it. I don't want to get too deep into it, but I think there's a legitimate question of whether expanding on Spiria added to it at all. Do you know what I mean? That maybe it yeah, didn't need additional exploration. Um, and so it's sort of like the old Star Wars problem. Sometimes you don't want to explain how, you know, why everything is in the movie. Um, it's sometimes you leave it to people's imagination and it's better as a result. Like I, from, from this film, you can kind of look at the witch and the coven and you can imagine all of the possible things that are going on in the world related to them. The thing Once is, you... with, with, with horror, too, I mean, if you're dealing with supernatural horror, if supernatural becomes fully explained, it loses its supernaturalness. Yeah. It's just it's just the other scientific rules you're operating yeah, on. Yeah. This, this, this never quite reaches the point where, oh, I get everything now. Yeah. I mean, but for the sake of clarity, like Joel was saying, they this movie explains everything. There's a scene in the middle. Yeah, yeah. One guy ex- guy says, yes, this is what the lady said was going on. And then he's like, oh, and there's a professor <laughs> over there if you want to talk to him about witchcraft specifically. And she goes over and speaks to the professor. And he gives her, like, the whole backstory on, like, how the Academy was formed, how, you know, like, the, the name of the witch, where she comes from. And then he even explains, like, the the cosmology of witchcraft in the movie. Yeah, their modus is, operandi. Yeah. Like, uh, actually, I love that scene because the way they structure it is really funny. It's it's a total comedy beat. The one guy is talking to her. She's like, I have all these doubts and I don't know what's going on. And he's like, oh, well, there's this ridiculous and stupid thing where people think it's witches. And that's ridiculous. Here's exactly <laughs> yeah. how what they say and how it works. And here's a college professor that will further debunk it. Then he leaves. The college professor comes up and he's he dead in the face. It's like, which is surreal. You're dealing with them. Here's exactly yeah. what they do. Yeah. And here's it's how to, yeah. so funny. Yeah. Like, you tell you, here's what you need to do to, to, to survive this. No, you've captured <laughs> the magic that. of that scene perfectly. Cause that, that is that, that is like the, the humor is very, very present and it's done in like a nice horror movie way where it's not, it's not like there's a drum beat and you're supposed to laugh, but the more you reflect on that scene, the more you're like, wait a second. Like, uh, horror and comedy have a lot in, in common. Yeah. And th- there is something kind of alarming about, because he's set up to be like, oh, this is another, you know, intelligent, modern-minded person. And the yeah. fact that he's like, if you're dealing with a witch, here's how you kill it, is yeah. like, mm-hmm. great. Like, there's something actually kind of shocking about that. If that happened, I'd be like, oh my god, there's there's real witches. Like, that would be my first reaction. I'm, I'm a scientific rationalist myself. And yet, if an old professor who was extremely, like, you know, lauded and, you know, it was like, yeah, you're dealing with an actual witch. You need the here are the tools to kill it. Like, okay, well, I guess we're going on this journey now, you know? <laughs> so that is shocking. But it's also hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I think you're, you're on to something there. And also, the the line in the movie is something like, "Their goal is great personal wealth, but only achieved by causing the suffering of others." Yep. Which I think is a straightforward. That's a perfectly good explanation for a lot of what's going on in the movie. You know, yeah, that's what's uh, happening. Yeah, and, and it also ties into the situation. It, it explains also why everybody's so obsessed with money when they get. You know, it's it's just it it so. Yeah, that's a good point. 
This movie has no loose ends. It's like completely airtight. Everything's explained. I couldn't imagine wanting more explanation after the exposition scene where we get the full exposition twice in a row. And then it's hammered home by her discovering that that's all true. And the very next sequence. It's so clear. I don't get because whenever I see criticisms, and I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's like you know, flawless. Like the people can have criticism everything is subject to yeah. critique, yeah. but some critiques are stupid, and yeah. it's important <laughs> to tell people that. Well, like one that I don't like is people will complain like, oh, the woman is like too in peril or something like, like, like something about like how she's like whatever it is. But the point of this movie is you're supposed to feel the peril that she's yeah, in. No, so it wasn't that I mean, she was she, in peril; she, that she, I was in peril. Damn it. So it's, it's, it's not, not, I mean, it's, it's not like she, she doesn't fight back anyway. I think that I find that a really flawed argument. I mean, yeah, she's in peril. I mean, it's a horror Indiana movie. Jones and Raiders of the Lost Ark is in peril. I mean, I, I don't think that's a legit argument. It's how you handle She handles the peril very well in this movie. Yeah. I feel like sometimes when people talk about movies like this they talk specifically about those kind of characters what they're looking for is kind of like a spunky quippy type you know they want to and it's sort of like that well, to me that's I one mean, of the things that can often drain the believability out of the scene look there is a she's, she's a movie. very strong character early yeah. on i mean she she re, she refuses to move into the school she's like oh i'm happy living on my own i don't want to be like some kid living at a boarding school yeah. it's like yeah. it's there's it's like there's she's a very independent minded person they don't yeah and when they don't like, present she her as overcomes a, the the poison that they're feeding her she figures out how to beat that she figures out the mystery yeah. She gets yeah. to the heart she of it. She fights the witch. The witch. She stabs like, the witch. Yeah. Like a she wins, like, dude. Yeah. Like, excellent yeah. final girl energy. But, like, it, look, and, like, if you really have to have the spunky protagonist with an actual good horror movie, one movie did it perfectly. It's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Go watch it. <laughs> Which it's, is, that's a great I like, movie. I mean, and I liked Buffy, but movie. I wouldn't want every mo- movie to be modeled on that as the... No, exactly. but I mean, like... They have the perfect movie for it if they want to watch it. Go, dude, go watch it. Watch your, your weed and heroin. There's plenty of weed and heroines out there. It's, uh, yep, it's... I love weed and heroin. Let's put that on the record. Wait. Yeah. But definitely, people, you know, definitely, uh, you know, I would. Uh, well, actually, oh, do we have anything else we want to talk about with this film? Aside from weed and heroin? Well, where do you get that? There, there are definitely genres where that would be an appropriate uh, segment of the discussion, but, uh, um, but, yeah, I, so no, I, I, uh, I think it's a really great movie. I, I highly recommend. I, I would say it's a must see horror movie if you like horror films. Like this is one that you really have to see, uh, and ideally, if you can, on Blu-ray or on some, you know, like you want to see it in all of its glory. Uh, if you do see it on a streaming service where the resolution is limited, just try to project a certain amount of charity onto what you're seeing because you are missing a lot of the the beauty of it. Um, I'll say yeah. I, I watched it on Tubi too, and I was really impressed with the visuals. So I can't imagine how mind blowing they are in 4K. They look so well, much better. It's well, you know what it is. I will say Tubi I was is, I was impressed by it when I watched it on videotape 20 years ago. I mean, it's still yeah. I was, but it was just so much better when you go up to blu-ray but yeah it's still worth watching in any format it, it looks good on tubi it's just that it's like what 716 resolution some weird resolution <laughs> um 
And so if you keep it in the small box and look back a little bit, it looks fine. If you expand it into the full screen. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't do that. I kept see. it in the small box. Yeah, you will see all yeah. of the And I like watching things in the full screen because I want to be fully in the movie. And so... Yeah. You're uh, an old man and your eyes are going, so... Well, no, I just like the experience <laughs> of not seeing, like, my email when I'm watching a classic film. I want to I wanna see... I want everything I'm watching to be the director's vision of the movie, you know, um, I mean, it, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but I mean, again, Tubi is a perfectly good place to see it. I just want people to understand that, like, if they ex- if they expand it, watch it in full screen, like the letters on the walls will be unclear and things like that. Like, you just mm. won't be getting the clarity of the film. Um, so, you know, it's just something to, to keep in mind. And I don't know where else it's streaming. I don't know if it's available anywhere. Yeah, well, the fact that Amazon made a remake and they didn't make this available uh, is nothing yeah. less than a cinema crime. Like, yeah. come on, guys. And the tragedy is their remake is really good. It is. Like, you could have them both, and I wouldn't get confused. You should you know? have them both. I, like, I would, would be... want to watch both of them. Um, Watching one would lead you to the other, right? So it, just it, doesn't well, it does. Yeah. And, and the fun thing is the new one has a lot, like it has a lot of really clever and well put in callbacks to this movie that aren't like, they're not exploitative. They're, they're good. Um, like they share a couple of actors in common. I won't spoil it for you guys, but you're going to recognize them. Um, and, uh, and it, like the mythology is connected and it's just, there's a lot of little nifty things. So if you like the original Suspira, you, you can watch this new one and it's good. It's enjoyable. It's its own distinct film, you know? And for some reason, they don't let you have that experience easily. You got to go and find a Blu-ray or do it on Tubi. I don't know. It's well, just I mean, I, like... Increasingly, I'm encouraging people to get physical media because the streaming services are getting worse and worse in terms of availability. And you just never know which version you're getting and all that stuff. So I think like we, we tried to watch Amadeus. Uh, we did oh, yeah, watch yeah. it a few weeks ago. And they only have the director's cut, which is just not as good as the theatrical cut. It's just not a good version of the movie, in my opinion. Some people disagree, but like I think most people, the consensus is the theatrical cut is better. Um, it definitely feels way different watching the director's cut. So mm-hmm. I like I, I, with physical media, you at least have a little more control over that sometimes what you're watching. Um, so yeah, there's yeah, been a lot of rumors about like movies being edited and things like the Criterion Collection and what have you without any fanfare. Yeah, that's, well, that's that's kind of horrible. yeah. The Criterion doing that is is boggling. I mean, for me, it's like I'm not even going to buy physical media from Criterion anymore. It's like, well, like if if you're cutting your streaming, I, I don't know. Your whole thing was you were a big, you know, c- cinema fan. Label. They're supposed it's to be like archiving classic. Why cinema, would I right? buy anything from you ever again? If yeah, you can't they, trust them. That's like that's like a museum putting um, a drape over the breasts of a statue. Do you know what I mean? It's that yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's alarming levels of censorship. Like, yeah, I, I am done. I, I actually subscribed to the Criterion Channel like streaming service until last week, and the second that story broke about 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 the French I, connection, I, I went straight to my computer and canceled. It, Boom, sens- you're done. Censoring it also misses the point of the scene too. Like the scene isn't there to indulge in the use of that no. language. It's there to establish no. important traits about the 
character. Well, I'm right? not a child. Yeah. I'm an adult yeah. subscribing to your movie channel. Don't baby me, you jerks. Yeah. So I understand what you mean. And, and again, I, I think this might be generational, but for me, I really like, I want to be able to see the movie as it, you know, I understand sometimes directors, while they're still alive, will change movies or whatever. And I, I mean, if they want to do that, I'll watch the newer version they want to watch. I, won't, I still I don't always even want access. No, I, I'm, I'm with I that. I don't even agree those, with that. I mean, it's like, it's like Lucas, like Lucas taking out all the original effects out of Star Wars. He yeah. didn't do the effects in Star Wars. He, The greatest special effects artists of that generation worked on that movie. Yeah, I would, and he destroyed their work. That was not his work to destroy. Well, I, I, I would agree with you. the director. I would definitely agree with you. What I was going to say was that I think okay. the original should always be available. available. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. The problem make Lucas is doing, Lucas is doing this thing where he wants to, he like changes it and then gets rid of the yes. old versions and acts like the changes are never made in the first place, even though they're clearly like modern CG. You know, it's just, it's just annoying. And also the other thing about Lucas that's particularly annoying is the changes he makes take away from the visuals of the movie because he'll put things in there that aren't in symmetry with the shots that he composed in the yeah. 70s when he made the movie. So it's just it's like, why why is there like an elephant-like creature disrupting the framing? <laughs> Walking of the through the middle of the screen yeah, and blocking the everything. Or in the, the, Return to, the Return of the Jedi, like in the whole Jabba's Palace where they just oh. add a bunch of CG creatures grabbing the camera and shouting at it. And it's like, what are you well, doing? Not, not only that, but they took out the original song, which was actually like one of my favorite parts of that movie. What is, what's her yeah. name? Sly Snoodles or whatever. I used to <laughs> like that because she's belting out this kind of humorous song, but it worked oddly for the movie. And then they throw in this weird musical number that's like straight out of Broadway and just doesn't feel like a Star Wars film. And breaks the breaks the fourth wall, and it's just, I don't know. It, it's it's, uh, yeah. I mean, we could go on about it. We, we're not supposed to deviate into Star Wars. <laughs> technology, but, uh, no. But, yeah, I, yeah. I've heard it's like even even phys physical media is suspect to me now. It's disappointing. I, uh, but yeah, it's just. I, the thing is, if you allow if you allow companies to do this stuff, it's like even if you agree with what they're doing now, once you've set the precedent that hey, corporations can just change your movies, hey, the next CEO might have a different agenda, well, and you might not yeah. like it. So, yep. so well, it's like well, I, oh, I they're the, only cutting out these, they're only cutting out stuff these this side of the political aisle still dislikes, but next time it, they might be the opposite side and they're cutting out everything you like. So, just keep even, that in mind, people. The other thing to keep in mind, too, is even from the perspective of like, say you're politically bothered by the content or whatever, and they take it out. Yeah. The problem with that, like just from a historical perspective, is these are kind of like primary sources for people. This is yes. how people. So when somebody goes back and looks at the movie, now they don't know that that was there. And that's going to yep. change. Like if you think it was a if you think it was a sin, you should want it to be preserved in the movie because now you have a you've sort of whitewashed this element of the movie out so that that blemish has been removed. And, you know, it's, you, I, I think you want that to be on the record if that's a concern of yours. So there's other reasons to, to want these things in there. It would be like, yeah. it would be like, um, like birth of a nation is always a very like difficult film because it's, a, mm -hmm. it's like a, it's considered an important piece of filmmaking. That's also like a very good piece of filmmaking, but the message is 
absolutely atrocious absolutely, and, yeah. and propagandistic. Yeah, but, and if but you go whitewash back, history if you get rid of it. So. Yeah, well, not, not, not even that. But, history is its own problem. But what if you went back and you changed it to take out all of the messaging and just preserve the good qualities of the movie? Yeah. You can see the problem there, right? Like, it's yeah. okay, now that crime has been erased from history because you've edited it. So I think that's the, you know, again, we, we, we don't normally talk about this kind of stuff here, but I think <laughs> in terms of, you know, because it is re relevant to, um, you know, the idea well, of cinema the, and movies. This uh, particular movie, like we said, was suppressed by Amazon after they made their remake, and there was no purpose beyond that, beyond, yeah. like, just... Well, do we know that for a fact? What, is that the is that the reason that this was not put up on Amazon, or were there? Other I mean, here's the thing: they didn't elaborate on their reason at all. Because oh, because sometimes, I mean, to be know. fair, sometimes Amazon just doesn't have the rights to a movie. But I find it perplexing that when you type in Suspiria, if the first Tubi, thing to pop if up Tubi is Amazon. If can get the rights, if Tubi yeah. can get the rights to it, I think that Amazon yeah. could have Amazon gotten it. Probably managed, I think, yeah, I, that's, right. that just strikes me as they, oh, we couldn't outbid Tubi. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty <laughs> sure Amazon's really hard up for cash. They might be now, um, but yeah. We brought up the topic of conversation because of this. That's one of the reasons that we're like we even watched the spirit in the first place is because it's kind of at the center of this whole controversy. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, mm -hmm. do, do the rights holders have the right to censor what is effectively a historical document or to suppress it so that it's not something that's broadly viewed anymore? Not really. I don't, I don't know if I would call what they're, I, I don't know if I put this under the, under censorship, but what I would say is I feel like it's very, shady it's stuff that amazon often does where they present things in a way where they're going to show you the buttons they want you to see so that you go down the path that they want you to go and mm -hmm. i don't like that when i go to amazon like because when we had the conversation about the new suspiria and we went oh, on to that upset yeah, man yeah i got mad because <laughs> i went on to amazon and i typed in suspiria because i remembered a few years ago like I, I'm pretty sure I watched it on Amazon. I don't know. Maybe it was another streaming service. I thought I had seen it on Amazon at one point. But I expected at least for the first thing to be the original Suspiria. And instead, it's this uh -huh. remake. And I don't know. I feel like these... Even on YouTube, if you go to YouTube, it's going to... If you like put in Suspiria trailer, you're going to go through about eight videos before you actually hit the Argento version and not it's, like either the trailer a, or the clip from the Amazon version. Yeah, that's a crime. That's like when you type in robocop and the first thing that comes up in google is the remake huh. it's like come on yeah man. like you know like uh yeah so you know, like i'll give them like like a movie like the fly i get why that like the remake of the fly would be the first thing on the list because that's one of those rare cases well, where the remake was genuinely thing is another superior. one yeah, yeah the thing was a remake that was superior and there's a few of those you know thing, like okay would be another one maybe you know but like sure uh, but that's a grassroots thing like the yeah. culture decided that was the most relevant i do think i do think howard hawks the thing from uh from another world is actually a fantastic movie i i, I understand why the thing the, the carpenter but the original has some really amazing stuff going on no that's that's fair i don't i don't know that i know that movie that well so i'm probably just repeating things i've heard but <laughs> but i guess my point is that I, you know, it, 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 it seems odd when you type in a, a movie is like everybody, like even people that haven't seen Suspiria, they all know they all have like that image of the iconic uh, 
like the, yeah. I, I, you know what I mean? Like the, 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 the old VHS cover or whatever. Right. And so mm-hmm. they all know the name and they all have like an image that pops to mind when they think of it. And it's just weird that you type in Suspiria and this newer version that I don't think that many people frankly have heard of is the first thing <laughs> that pops up. Like, well, it certainly it, doesn't have the, like having seen both of them, it, the new one is a completely, it's a great movie and I do really enjoy it. Like I didn't guide four to five stars. It's really, really good. Um, but it is not this movie like this Suspiria. Yeah. Th- this is this is a cultural touchstone. Like this is an important movie. It's not just a great movie. This movie inspired generations of filmmakers. Yeah. <laughs> like, nah, yeah. man, nah. It's it, had a it's, big cultural impact. This movie. It's had right. Big, and, yeah. And corporations so, now have found that they have an unprecedented power to edit culture to benefit them and it is unethical to do so so i, well, they I think guess they do but then there's torrents so they're not yes yeah, th- thank god do. for people that are <laughs> willing to do those sort of things but the, the, the other thing i wanted to say is i would highly recommend if people are interested in this movie they might want to check out films like the bird with the crystal plumage they might yeah. want to check out opera you know deep red was one that i really liked i also yeah i don't this one doesn't get as much praise i think but i liked phenomena i thought that was a pretty good movie um you know like i, I just think you know checking out some of his other movies is definitely worth your time he just has a very strong visual and sonic style that i think really yeah works. sonic um, style is a good way yeah. it's not even music exactly there is music but it's almost just more in the way that music hits you you know there's something almost physical about it yeah, sound. Yeah, sound, I mean, and that's an important element of movies, you know. Like, um, so. It is. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Anything else we want to add about this before we head out? Ah, we got our political tirade in there. I think I'm done. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think we've we've done it. Yeah, we've had a good good detour. I'm ready. Yeah, to head nothing out. will ever need be said about Suspiria. Case closed. Well, we're gonna have to watch <laughs> the new Suspiria and comic <laughs> as well, but. I'm very curious how the animal <laughs> react because we're old. Yeah, men, so I, I, I do want to watch. Interesting it. to see. I, honestly, I think you'll like it. Uh, it's definitely a distinct experience from this, but okay. it is very smart and well made, and they have an incredible cast. Like, okay. really, yeah, the, the cast kind of. There's a lot to be impressed with in the movie, but the cast yeah. is incredible. Okay. So. Okay. All right, so yeah, maybe, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be our next movie or not, but it'll be a movie that we'll be doing in the future for sure. Um, and I guess until next time, we'll talk to you later. <laughs>